Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Vanderveer, here with your other host, Isabel Kiyosayan. <laughs> we are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and we also do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are here today, um, and we're talking about a subject that is incredibly dear to my heart. Um, we're going to talk about the beautiful life of a dear friend and student of mine, Nicole Levesque McCracken. Um, she is a, she was a, um, she was a student that also was learning to become a meditation teacher like Isabel and I, and she was well on her way when um, she dropped her body to cancer. And this happened in September. And I, along with an incredible group of women, were part of a team of people. You know, we, we all got together and, and basically became her hospice, hospice care team. And so we were very close to her in those final couple months. And especially once it got to the final weeks, it was like a round the clock thing. And um, it's been hard. I haven't really wanted to talk about it. I haven't talked about it with anyone because it's so private. And I was even wondering whether or not to share this experience on the podcast because it's so personal. But um, Nicole was someone who, she was a message carrier. You know, she had a mission in her life. And for most of her life, she was an AA super sponsor and wanted to help people. That's all she wanted. And so when I thought about whether or not to talk about it, I was like, you know what, she would like that and helping further her legacy. Um, I, I, feel, I feel moved to talk about her here. Because um, it was such a profound experience. You know, when we go through these profound experiences, it's really hard to even put them into words sometimes they're just so it was a in some ways it was so painful and grueling and and tragic um you know especially given that nicole is a mother to a beautiful beautiful girl um who's in seventh grade her name is caitlin um so leaving her behind and leaving behind so many people who love her you know it's hard but at the same on the other side uh, it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And um, I, I grew more helping her move through that experience than almost any other experience I've had. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting in the way that, you know, it, it was a, a beautiful death. And mm -hmm. the fact that such a thing can exist because as a culture, we're so afraid of death. You know, we have no relationship with it in our culture. It's, it's, it's pushed away behind closed doors. Um, so much so that I didn't even understand, you know, that really when it comes to the end of people's lives, that there, there wasn't much set up, you know, that like, I just assumed that, 
that care was in place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what ended up happening, it, I mean, it was due to the fact that so many people loved her and that we were around the clock helping her. Um, but other than that, I don't know for people who don't have that kind of support, what they do. Like it's, it's, it's really um, something that I, I, it was a thing that I wasn't even aware was a thing. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would like this, this, this uh, episode to be like my love letter to her. Um, Absolutely. I, I love that. I, you know, I, I didn't know her that long, which is strange, you know, because in this life, <laughs> exactly, in this life, clearly this has gone on a long time. Um, I met her about a year ago, so it wasn't like, you know, she has some of her friends and some of the women who are helping her that have known her for, you know, 20 plus years. And um, for me, it, but it was so instant. It was one of those things where like the minute you're talking to someone you're like okay well we we clearly have known each other forever because you are my sister apparently and i'm just meeting you now love um, at first sight right <laughs> it, was, it, was literally, it was like that you know i i've had such ease in her presence um and teaching was so easy like the the, the inquiry was so high that i could just the it would just flow and and there were times too, especially towards the end where that teacher role would switch, you know, mm-hmm. when I was, I felt like I was a student and she was the teacher for sure. Um, you know, and it felt so much like, you know, we were reading Mahabharat at the time, mm-hmm. all of us, you know, you were reading it, she was reading it, I was reading it. And I just kept that, that essence of like Arjun and Krishna, you know, um, guru, student, friends relationship that's like this the purest love there is apparently yeah. um and and they're world. they were part of the same you know the nara narayana right. they, they were one and the same and so when you talk about you know you and nicole it's it's exactly that i mean you're different people but student teacher it's, it's one and the same one can't exist without the other and it, it it's truly beautiful please please continue <laughs> yeah. yeah i just and she made me it was always so joyful you know um that's what was so incredible like she this is a little anecdote i'm it's gonna I'm, i might need a minute to get through but um you know she was learning to do what we're what, what we do so and because of her situation i had some special permission to help her learn some things that you normally you would just learn on it so i was helping teach her the puja Mm-hmm. and um I was at her place we were practicing it one day and it was the most powerful puja I've ever experienced um in the middle of it I suddenly felt my future self visiting that moment and it, it was almost like like I almost had a physical reaction when I felt it and um in that moment, I questioned like, why, why am I here? You know, why this moment? And I had the answer as soon as I asked the question, which that's how that works when you're having cognitions, it's like the answer comes with the question. And, and the answer was that, you know, she wasn't gonna make it, you know, mm-hmm. and, cause this was, this was still earlier in the summer and at the point where 
we were, you know, I was helping her raise money and, and get Ayurvedic herbs. We were hoping she could go to Panchakarma and really, you know, which is um, an Ayurvedic treatment in India and get her help. And the realization just, you know, kind of came that this isn't, that's not the way that that was going to go. And so I'm, I'm in mid puja and I start crying, you know, like the tears mm-hmm. coming down my face as I feel the bigness of it and the realization coupled with the fact that I'm also feeling this future self of mine revisiting this beautiful moment. At the same time, Guru Dev felt so real. For those of you who don't know, when we do puja, we do it to the holy tradition, one of which is Guru Dev, who's, you know, the master of our tradition. Um, Swami Brahmananda Saraswati and I could just feel him there and I could also the light was so alive it was just like you could feel like oh my gosh we're just celestial beings are all watching (laughs) and at the end of it I'll never forget her face she was so beautiful and shiny and she's she just told me she's like I'm the luckiest person in the world and I just remember holding that, holding mm-hmm. here is someone who is facing their death and going through, you know, dying from cancers is not for the faint of heart. Um, and here having the realization that I'm going to have to say goodbye to this beautiful friend while also seeing her joy and her, you know, her incredible consciousness state. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, you are the luckiest person in the world. And I, I getting to be here and be a witness to this, I'm also the luckiest person in the world. But that was her. You know, she truly felt that, that lucky mm-hmm. because she was so grounded in being, you know, that's she was feeling it all and witnessing it all the whole time. It was to watch someone to watch someone go through that with so much awareness. Like I was so humbled day to day, you know, and it didn't matter how hard it was, you know, even spending the night there and then having to go back and deal with the kids and having to help her when she got sick, all like all those things. And, and you know, everyone's like, oh, that's so hard. I'm like, that's not hard. Like what she's doing is hard. This is, this is not hard, mm-hmm. but it was, it just felt like, humbling and honoring you know I felt like um so honored to get to be part of that inner circle and she brought us all in it wasn't just me there's like I don't know it was all these women these gorgeous Amazon women (laughs) or as our teacher Tom called them that were surrounding her and holding her through that and we were all just having our heart, you know, like the Grinch, you know, it's like your his heart expanded like three times. Like that was all of us every day. We're like, Oh my God. Like we could hardly even bear it. How much expansion we were going yeah. every single day. Um, and it could, really, you know, gives it, it take, it hits home what we talk about. You know, it's like, it's, it's not just words when we're like, all of it is for evolution and especially the hard times. Especially, absolutely. Could you tell us about Nicole's life? Mm. I would love to talk about her life. Um, you know, as, as I mentioned before, I was only there for the last 
part of it. Um, but she, she was fascinating. She, you know, she was, um, on her way to becoming an Olympic gymnast, you know, she was a nationally ranked gymnast. Really? Like she was incredibly talented. Um, but then according to, you know, what she told me, she, she had an injury and that injury, um, kind of was the beginning of, of spiraling down a pretty dark path for a while. Because with the injury, you know, her identity was so wrapped up in being this, you know, this, like what she did as a gymnast, being in the gym for five, six hours a day and doing all this, that when that went away, like what all she helped, you know, when we put our identity in something external mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason that gets pulled out from under us, then it's like, we have no, we're, we're set completely adrift. So this was crushing for her and um, set her down a bad way. And so she, um, she found alcohol among other things. And um, for a while, you know, was living a pretty challenging life, you know, um, you know, things got dark and this was still when she was very young. And then when she was just in her, 20s even early 20s she found AA you know when she had hit bottom and um then she became you know and in, in AA what's interesting is it's not just um there's people do it different ways you know and the kind of group of people in AA that she connected with um the meditation is a very big part of it and they do our style of meditation, whether it's, you know, Vedic meditation or transcendental meditation, it's a transcending technique coupled with, so they do an inventory first. And what that is, is they write their fears down one at a time, and then they surrender them to like a higher, to their higher self, basically. So Vedic. I love it. Super Vedic. And then, and then they meditate. So it's like this surrendering practice, this like, first they kind of manually do it. And then they, um, they, uh, they do it in their meditation. And so she, she was just on a mission to help people who um, get into recovery. And, and so, so many people, like hundreds of people have learned to meditate because of her, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember, I think when she applied to, to do the teacher training, you know, one of our colleagues, Christian, who's part of the, selecting process you know asked her like so you know so how many people have learned to meditate because she's like I don't know hundreds and he's like hundreds <laughs> hundreds <laughs> like what like she became so dear to everyone in our community yeah. that met her you know? I remember um I, I mean I I only met her through the book club but I remember Christian telling me that they wanted her to be an initiator so bad that mm -hmm. they were seeing the way to work around the time so that she could go to the hospital and have chemos and then come back. And, you know, for anybody who's done initiator training, you have zero free time. Yeah. It's a very rigorous uh, process. Mm -hmm. And for them to try to find that time was yeah. representative they never of her. They never bend anything. Ne anything. Never, never, never. It was... <laughs> It was very representative of how worthy she was. And even, you know, after she can go to IT last year because of the chemo, you know, our teacher Tom like met with her every single week, you know, 
he was he was completely as you know just saw that the same thing that everybody saw her saw you know it's just like who is this shining light and she had no ego that was what was crazy like she she had no idea how incredible she was she actually you know it was, it was funny talking to her because she actually had like kind of like felt insecure <laughs> and, you mm-hmm. know like <clears throat> like had this this um inability to to see what she was you know she always felt like oh I'm not smart enough or I'm not this enough you know all the crazy stuff we think but that was what was amazing about her because she was so divine in in one way Mm -hmm. and and made you love her and then she was also so um human and and I think that's the epitome of of somebody in that enlightened state I I've been reading Blue God um Mm -hmm. You know, I love that book. it's so beautiful for, for those who don't know, it's, it's the story of Krishna and it kind of switches back and forth between Krishna's life um, as a child and growing up and then back to the battlefield with Arjun. And it's so interesting because reading the Mahabharata, you know, Krishna is, he's a leader and he is organizing everything and he's telling, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, the song of God, he's telling Arjun what he needs to do. And so when, when it, and Blue God, when it touches on the Bhagavad Gita, it tells you the perspective of Krishna and how he feels insecure and he feels scared. <laughs> and it kind of reminds me of what you're saying about Nicole. Like nobody saw that in her, that everybody saw just light and beauty and, you know, just this divine nature. And for you to describe her in this way where she was not aware of that at all, just makes it even more divine. Oh, well, it made her so lovable because, you know, she would have her little things, you know, like she was really intense about her food. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't even realize how intense because like I, I would cook for her, especially in the in the end when she wasn't able to cook for herself. I, I was going over there every night and bringing her kitchery. And she said that she she only liked it when I made it. <laughs> And I didn't, and I learned later from other people, like how, like the, like, it's hard to cook for her. So, but anything I ever made her, she, she liked, but I think it's just, we, we loved each other so much that she just, like <laughs> she could just feel the love in the food. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, she had, she had her quirks. I mean, she was definitely could be intense and, um, oh, it was so funny. There's this like, but you know, she would, in the end, what was funny is she, she would help everyone you know, here she is going through this, the most intense of physical experiences imaginable. And yet still she had awareness on everyone around her. There's even this one, this one, you know, and people, when you, it was, I would talk to about, uh, about this here all the time. When you're dying, everyone has their own reaction to it. You know, like they all, everyone has their own Thing that they have to deal with about you dying mm-hmm. <laughs> apparently um and I I, I had a, a little experience of this like when my mother died where I was like oh, okay everyone's kind of having their own their own their own stuff around it but it was interesting to watch her navigate that like some people were upset and, and she's like oh well what if I get better they might get mad at me <laughs> Like it was funny talking to her about it. Uh, it makes me so happy just to remember all our conversations. But there's this one person who came who was like, you know, really into Jesus, right? 
and wanted was really really needed her to accept Jesus <laughs> for their own sake you know yeah like, about Nicole 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 is just fine and anyone with you know who has any degree of awareness could tell that but um so finally like one of the last meetings when she came and Nicole's like in bed she just she, she asked her she's like what do I have to do to make it okay for, for me to die? <laughs> or no, what do I have to do to make you okay with me dying? That's what, what do I have to do to make you okay with me dying? And I was like, oh my, she's hysterical. <laughs> but it's such a sweet way to also like, yeah, you know, that's so masterful, you know, to, to be, you know, putting, giving her a point, but also, um, you know, I, I think she was like, you accept Jesus. And she's like, sure. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's a great guy. I accept him. He's wonderful. So it's just, she's just, I don't know. I love all her idiosyncrasies like that. But, um, but yeah, it was just to, to see too, like, and she, it's not like she was just this saint that was going through this without, without wavering with that, you know, like she would come in and out, you know, she would get big where she's like, I'm the luckiest person in the world. And then she would get small and she would get scared and she would get, you know, panicky or she would get you know, like, and so like seeing her go in and out between the divine and the, and the human and, and in the wave of the self and the ocean of the self while processing something so incredibly big. Um, and so like what I saw my role is, was just to help get her back to the big, you know, because when she was big, she didn't have the fear. Mm -hmm. um and she was so used to having done her inventory and meditation for so long like she was so used to um to letting go of her fears so it, it wasn't hard to pull her up um even when she got really dark and we would just talk about Mahabharata or we'd talk about any like she anytime we got onto Vedic subjects she just forgot everything and um but you know she was it was scary for her too um, and seeing how uh, someone of high consciousness does process it, you know, does go through that. That's, uh, that's what I want to ask. Like, what, what did you do to get her to get big? I mean, she was a meditator and she, and she got this, she had the ability to go big, but what, how did you go about it? Um, we talk about, I get on kind of Vedic philosophy stuff mm -hmm. um, we talk about and sometimes it was just facing it head on mm -hmm. you know some days it was like you know well you you might not make it out of this and but that's also okay and yeah. talked about the Vedic um, perspective on death you know which is not that there is no death and it's dropping the body and we talked about what it would be like on the other side and you know I don't ha I don't know specifically from experience but kind of you um, do you just don't remember yeah, yeah. I, don't remember. <laughs> I have the experience I don't have the memory and so you know but we talked about that that this is um that is a beautiful thing and that when all the pain she was feeling when the body drops she's not going to be feeling that anymore and she's going to feel freedom and so um we talk about that and, and I would just get her I don't know like I I would just be there with her and I wouldn't bring any of my own stuff you know 
I enjoyed her company so much that I wasn't sad when I was with her, um, except for that time when I was doing that puja. You know, I really, it wasn't like I was hiding it. I just found, and I think because she was in such a high state, I, I really felt like oh, she's not she's not going anywhere, you know. She's going to be okay, and uh, and so I could be there without adding weight to her. And I think that was a true gift, because um, I know sometimes when you're the person who's sick or you're the one who, the person who's dying, you have to kind of be you know hold everybody together because people are so sad because you're dying and then you have to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. So I think for her to have that just kind of freedom to be yourself and you not putting that burden on her, but lifting her up. I think that was such a beautiful gift. Yeah. And I, it wasn't anything that I kind of, it just was, I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain it. it just was, you know, I think for whatever our connection was such that it just was so natural. And, um, and we, I didn't, we didn't always talk about her dying. That was the mm-hmm. other thing. Like I would talk about other things. You know, we talk about Caitlin. We talk about my kids. We talk about you know stuff going on. You know, at the time, Tom was our teacher was coming to San Francisco, so you know, I would get her, and I would try and get her involved in that to whatever extent she could. Not treat her like, oh, you're dying and you you can't do anything. Um, and um, so I think that that helps. You know, I remember you did a Veda course and you arranged the whole house so that she could be there in a bed. And I, I, I saw the pictures of that and it was so unbelievably beautiful. Like, of course, you're going to be there. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. We just did, you know, she was in two of my Veda groups and we just had the last two weekends were the first courses without her. And just remembering that last Veda uh, class when Ben made her the bed mm-hmm. <laughs> in like two hours. <laughs> but, um, but just that's that was her. She wanted to be there, you know, mm-hmm. even though. And that what was crazy that weekend is when she really that was the beginning of her turning, taking a turn. And um, and I had all these contingencies because at that point we didn't even know if she was going to make it through the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was there and she was happy and, and she was with us. And um, I, I think it really bonded our group together, having her there with us and um, her presence. You know, that's the thing about people in that state is they don't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just their being is enough to uplift everybody. And, that whole group it's a big group that whole group we all just got uplifted and what was interesting too was to see as she got closer her her enlightenment was getting exponential you could feel it just going higher and higher and higher and um like i'll never forget the day <laughs> um just in the last few weeks when she had to go to the hospital a lot because she had to be drained and um is one of the times I was driving her and we got there to the emergency room and I was thinking it was you know it's going to take like you know get right in and it was one of those days where they had the cops there because someone was freaking out and and um it was super crowded and there wasn't even room in the waiting room so 
it was like 90 something degrees and we uh fahrenheit and we went out we were waiting outside in the parking lot <laughs> sitting in on the pavement and it was so hot that she had a sweatshirt on and so I gave her my t-shirt and the only thing I had to wear was this wool sweater that I'm actually wearing right now <laughs> and she had no water so I give her my water and so we're in this 90 degree heat and I'm like sweating like <laughs> like crazy this issue sweater and and she, she was so uncomfortable because um she has a side she had ascites and it made her really in a lot of pain and when she 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 turned to me and she was like do you want to learn the steps and I was like yeah <laughs> um because that was um to her that was it was like an initiation you know um that's what she had been doing for all these years this is what got her to the the place where she was and um and I got to see her go right into guru mode you know like she just and it was beautiful because she was in the wheelchair and I was sitting on the ground and it felt like, I'm like, this is new Upanishad, you know? The feet of the master. The feet of the master, I'm at the feet of the master. And she shared them with me because I have so many students who, who do the steps in this, you know? And so she's like, you, you need to know what it is. So you know what we're doing and understand it. And I was like, I, I feel honored. And so she, you could see like, she just went straight, like all her pain was gone and she, she got super big and I just looked around and the, just like with that earlier puja, the light was so alive. I just, I was like, I couldn't see devas, but I'm like, I know they're all over the place watching this. Throwing the moment. flowers from right, Deva Loka. Exactly. The petals are falling yeah. in this, you know, literally we're on the pavement in, in this hospital, you know, in front of Kaiser with like the cops came and they took the struggling guy away. Like it was just so dramatic and beautiful. And I got to see her. I'm like, oh my gosh, she she's a master. She's an absolute master. And um, and that was like an initiation. It was an initiation in you know one of the strange, you know, oddest places. Um, I don't feel hot anymore. I didn't care that I was wearing this hot itchy sweater. And um and, that, and it also, it, she taught me so much about devotion. Mm. And, you know, as you know, in our, in Kali Yuga, that's, that's, that's the way you, to get enlightened. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, that's what she was like. She, I, I was telling some people the other day, like I had to do a vision board recently for some group. It's <laughs> not my thing. Right. Cause it's like, oh my God, this is in the world of manifesting and all that kind of stuff that I'm like I'm not into but I did it anyway because it's part of the thing I was doing and I put like devotion I just put her picture under it because I'm like that is who to me embodies it and devotion is that you know that sacrificing that honoring of something bigger than yourself um and she did it so effortlessly you know so effortlessly and so, um, but it made it so easy to be devoted to her, you know, <laughs> like she was devoted to, to anyone who had need. And so I had no trouble, like anytime she called, I'd pick it up, you know, mm-hmm. anytime she needed anything. It never felt like 
oh God, well, I've got to sacrifice in order to do that. It never felt like any sacrifice at all. All it felt like was like, I get to do this. I get to do this. I'm so honored I get to serve this person who has served so many. And to me, through that, through being devoted to her in her last months, and especially last week's, I was such an incredible um, lesson in devotion. I never really got it, I think, until then. Um, And how easy it is when it's pure like that. And and I remember you telling me about this when while it was happening, and it just really resounded with me about what our whole teaching is about. Our whole teach teaching is about the master student relationship, and that aspect of devotion. And I think it's kind of been misconstrued misconstrued through time about like I'm your teacher and you're my student, and <laughs> I'm gonna t- and. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I think the students are what make you masterful and your students are also your teachers. And it's just kind of this beautiful dynamic that happens of them being devoted to you and you being devoted to them. And and when you told me about this, I was so moved by it because it was like, this is the teaching. This is why we do what we do. Like if you need to go and leave your kids for a while to take this beautiful person that needs you to the hospital, you're going to do it because that's the true essence of our teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was back when I was telling you, I was in the hospital with her and you're like, this is the real pranayam, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the real yoga. Um, it's life. Um, and it's life especially in its extreme moments, how, how we are able to bring being into those moments. And when being is there, it, it's, it has this magical effect to where you get the full spectrum of it. You know, you have that spectrum of, of like the, the, the intensity of it, you know, and the difficulty of it will also just, the heart opening beauty of it all at once and how how brave she was <laughs> you know like she just everybody who got into her event horizon had a massive <laughs> massive up upgrades even even her her parents in the end you know um she even was pulling them up mm-hmm. and um yeah, but I, you know, I, it's not like, even with all that, if I could change it, I would so wish she was here, you know? Yeah. I don't mean to make it sound like I was enjoying this, you know, I wasn't enjoying it in that way. It, you know, it was, I was honoring it and reverent to it, but um, I would trade all the upgrades to have her here laughing with us and getting to teach with us. Um, that was one of the interesting things about her too, is she wanted so badly to be a, a teacher, a meditation teacher. Like she desired it so intensely. And I just kept telling her, I'm like, you are a teacher. <laughs> like, Yeah. You don't need to go to IT. You, you are a teacher already. You're already doing it. 
you're already that state of con, you know, well, when we go to teacher training, that's the funny thing. They don't teach us how to teach. They're just trying to get us through all those crazy 14 hour a day meditations, <laughs> trying to get us in the consciousness state that we can become teachers and lead through example. And she didn't need to do that. She was already there. She was already doing it. You know, she'd been doing it for years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced there are people here on this earth who probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. And to me, she represents um, true influence. You know, um, we tend to think of like influencers, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> God, <laughs> like the worst people who wear, you know, you know, put try and make up on Instagram and be like, oh, I'm an influencer. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Influencing or even like when we think about you know billionaire ceos for example like are they influencers well what we have to ask you know what kind of influence exactly what yeah what are you bringing to the table right from big consciousness's standpoint what it's interested in is the upliftment and evolution of all its parts and um, so a lot of these influences are just lateral moves, just pushing pieces on the surface. You know, there's, there's no progressive change happening because of a lot of these people who, yes, they cause a lot of activity to happen through their influence, but who are the people who are really causing others to have massive shifts in their awareness, you know, and that's what's interesting about her is, you know, she wasn't, you know, a CEO of some Fortune 500 company. She shined shoes for a living. And um, however, you know, we just had her celebration of life um, two days ago. And it was like standing room only. (laughs) There wasn't enough seats. Like there was, Mm -hmm. there's so many people who showed up and, um, and and it was you think about how many people if you think of how many people you know got into recovery and learned the steps because of her, because of her and how many people learned to meditate because of her i was like no teacher has that kind of influence that mm-hmm. that i know i'm like you've you've outdone us all and yet for some reason you still think you know you haven't so i think by the end she realized like that yes she she was truly a teacher she taught me um you know, she taught me through the grace of her spirit and how beautifully and bravely she, she walked through this experience every step of the way with tremendous courage. Could you tell us a little bit about the experience of um, when Tom went to visit her and then her dropping her body. I, I just, I'm so moved by that story. I don't know if it's okay to share it. Yeah, I can. Um, sorry. Um, so I mentioned before, she, she had a very close relationship with our teacher, Tom. Um, they spoke every single week. Uh, he, he, I also, he, he, I was in constant contact with him in those last months, you know, um, just giving him 
updates on her. And um, so we knew, you know, six months before that he was gonna be coming to do his San Francisco tour in September. And um, she was always like, well, I, I hope I'm here for that, you know. Um, and I remember having this feeling like months before this weird premonition-y feeling of like, I want, you know, hmm, interesting that he's coming in September, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in the non-linear kind of way um, in terms of, because especially when it looked like in July, like she might not make it. I'm like, I don't know. It's in, maybe this is, you know, <laughs> this is all synchronizing. And so it was getting closer and closer to his coming, but she was really, really uh, deteriorating quickly. And it was a couple of weeks before and it seemed like there was no way that she was gonna be able to make it, but she really, really wanted to be there. And so she told me, she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try. And at this point she, she had had no food. <laughs> like over a month and didn't drink anything at this point. Like she had a tube that she could wet her mouth and swallow and it would come right back. So she, she, she was literally starving um, and was unbelievably thin. And, you know, that last week she was in the hospital and Tom was gonna come to see her in the hospital, but then they moved her back to her home. And, it looked like, oh, you know, that week he's like, oh, she's, she's actually here. This is going to happen. And so we, um, it was for Thursday and even that Monday we, she started to go. And so I got called to go to her apartment and be there. And she, you know, and she, I did a, um, did a puja and she, she like came back. So she, she was really on the cusp, but wanting to stay. And that day, I remember the there's that group of women who had helped her. You know, we were all all there, and they're all dressed beautifully. And they one of them had gotten her this beautiful white um, dress, and they were getting her ready. It, it, it reminded me of getting you know ready for a wedding, where it's like you have the bridesmaids, and so ritualistic. And there were so many flowers. <laughs> Because I guess she had said she wanted the place to look nice when Tom came and could someone get go get some flowers or like who could put the call out to have someone volunteer to offer flowers. And so the word went out to her communities, you know, and there were so many flowers that apparently the florist ran out of flowers. <laughs> it was like a jungle of flowers in there. It was, so it, it had this beautiful surreal feel and I was there too um and so we originally she'd said she just wanted it to be her former husband Kevin um me and her daughter there when Tom came but then all of a sudden Tom showed up and all the women were in the room and then she wanted us all to stay you know and so Tom came in it was funny because he was like that's when he was like oh my gosh look at all these amazon women because <laughs> they're all really tall and they're just everywhere and, and um 
and he came in and he sat right next to her bed, like on the floor, holding her hand. And she, she asked us all to, you know, introduce herself. I didn't, he knows who I am, but you know, every, each one of her friends explained, you know, their name and how they knew Nicole. And um, then he sang some Vedic hymns. Um, I remember one, the translation was, you know, everything here is, is full. Everything there is full. And, all together it's full mm. <laughs> and um we meditated as a group then her daughter caitlin came in who happens to play the harp you know <laughs> how many kids play the harp like the full-size harp and she came in and she started playing for us and i literally had to like look around and be like have we all died <laughs> like are we in heaven like she's that's playing. what the pictures look like it like the light in those pictures it looks like heaven literally it was it, it the light was off uh, again i know i've mentioned this in other anecdotes but it was unbelievably surreal and so she's playing the harp and you can smell the flowers and everyone's in these flowy clothes and i was like well, yeah we're all this is heaven we're, we're in it and she was so happy like I hadn't seen her, her smile was so incredibly big. And, and remember she's playing like Amazing Grace and everyone like, there's not a dry eye in the room. And um, she played a bunch of songs and it was so lovely. And so after that was over, we all left and Tom stayed in the room with her. And um, he was in there for a while. And then when he came out, I saw him wiping mm. his eyes as he was walking out the door. And after that visit is when she really turned inward. And um, she passed, you know, a little, about two, two days later, um, she dropped her body. But I think that was what she was waiting for. Mm-hmm. You know, I really think she probably would have dropped her body earlier, but really wanted to hold on to see him. And I kept telling her, I'm like, the mountain's coming to you. <laughs> and uh had has to be one of the most beautiful things i've ever witnessed you know the the the, once again that devotion to student and teacher Mm -hmm. um getting to witness it on that scale and just feeling the love they had for each other and um and having her daughter there and her the closest people there you know, it was, it was, that's what I mean by like, it was absolutely beautiful. It was so beautiful. Um, and, you know, the day she, she dropped her body that morning, it was Saturday morning. I, I wasn't there. I, I showed up about three or four minutes later. Um, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm okay that I, you know, she had asked me to be there, but all things happen for all reasons and um having gotten to see her and see that exchange and getting to see that completion for her um yeah it's it's, it's, there aren't really words to describe it so yeah (laughs) it was just really i get emotional even thinking about it so it was I, i we should all have moments like that yeah 
otherwise. We know that she's happy. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm sure she's here. She's listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was also interesting in the end, you know, that circle of women that was around her um, in one of the meditations. It might have been even the one when Tom was in the room. I had this vision that there was like a circle on the other side. Oh, my heart. A mirror image and they were waiting for her and we were sending her off. Because it's, it's not, you know, we see it from this side, from our human perspective as an ending, but it's a continuum. In the Vedic perspective, it's a continuum. And from the point of view of the person who's going through it, they're just going from one place to another. Mm-hmm. There's no ending. And then when they come back into another birth, it's just another portal. They're just walking through portals and there's no ending. The point of view of the soul, there's it's just a continuum. There is yeah. no death. But it's only from the point of view of those of us left behind that experience it that way. And I've, I've felt her a lot, especially when I'm driving, you know, I'm, I always have kids with me. So it's like when I have a few moments in the car on my own is when I feel like I, it reminds me of when we would drive to the hospital together or drive, you know, to pick up juice for her or something like that. It just, I feel her there. And, um, and, and so it keeps, keeps the sadness at bay a little bit. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for for sharing this, Kristen. Um, I know how important she's been for you. She continues to be. And as I know Tom told you, like, this is the greatest gift you're going to get. And so, and I know she was a gift to everybody who got to meet her. And I didn't know her, but I can feel her too. (laughs) Yeah, she really, she was a a gift. (laughs) A gift to this into this relative plane Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and, um yeah i miss her every day it's it's been i don't know it's just just felt a little lonely you know i talked to her i I talked to her every single day and it just it just felt that you know we still have the connection i still talk to her you know but I miss the body being locatable. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know. She was, just, I just miss my friend. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also a gift to get to love somebody that much. As I've said in previous episodes too, experiencing the gifts of grief as this love, you know, it's like love that, you get to feel the whole thing mm-hmm. all at once. And it kind of feels like it has nowhere to go, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I miss her, but I'm happy. I'm happy that she's no longer suffering because mm-hmm. it, it was hard, <laughs> you know, it was hard to see her and not be able to. I like it. There's so many times I was like, just there's some. Vedic way I can just take it from her for a little while so she can rest it was hard to see that you know someone you love having to go through that but now I I know she's free of it and 
and she's she she did it for all of us you know she had a lot of things she had to suffer in her life but more than anyone i've ever known she knew how to alchemize suffering into growth for herself and pretty much everyone within a 10 block radius <laughs> so yeah I, I i'm thank you to all those out there who are listening to this um and i i could talk about her for hours it, it makes me feel close to her so i, I you might have to just stop me because <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for opening your heart um, in this way. I think we need to be more open about these things and allow ourselves to be vulnerable and not all, you know, to talk about everything. Um, and as you said, I think talking about her just enlivens her. And so thank you so much for, for that gift because I feel close to her just by having having listened to everything that you've told me throughout throughout this year and so thank you so much I know it was it wasn't easy but thank you so much for for this gift that you're giving us now <laughs> yeah I I'm I feel like she was such a gift for all of us and if I can continue to share that gift I'm, I'm happy to do it anytime anyone wants to reminisce about this beautiful woman I'm I'm there <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you so much. Jager Dave. Jager Dave.